Hello, and welcome back to the Doxology Podcast. I am Lucas Stock. And I am Jens Nelson. This is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Join us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life, striving for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. Mm. Today is not Friday, but it is Friday when this is released. So that means it's time for creeds and confessions continuing in our uh, walk through or stroll, I guess more like a stroll through, like a, a jaunt through the Augsburg Confession. We have done Articles 1 and 2, and we are on Article 3, which is of the Son of God. Right. Um, so without further ado, unless you've got any thing on your mind you wanted to share, nope. uh, let's just jump into it. We'll, we'll read through it um, and then discuss what, uh, you know, jumps out at us. All right. Well, I will say, with everything going on, our minds are filled, our hearts are constantly distracted by things let's just as as this is read let's take a moment to appreciate the the wonder of the incarnation the 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 majesty of our lord so as we read um let's be thinking about those things so uh, this is titled of the son of god and it says they also teach that the word that is the son of god did assume the human nature in the womb of the blessed virgin mary so that there are two natures the divine and the human inseparably enjoined in one person, one Christ, true God and true man, who was born of the Virgin Mary. He truly suffered, was crucified, dead and buried, that he might reconcile the Father unto us and be a sacrifice, not only for original guilt, but also for all actual sins of men. He also descended into hell and truly rose again the third day. Afterward, he ascended into heaven, that he might sit on the right hand of the Father, and forever reign and have dominion over all creatures, and sanctify them that believe in him, by sending the Holy Ghost into their hearts to rule, comfort, and quicken them, and to defend them against the devil and the power of sin. The same Christ shall openly come again to judge the quick and the dead, etc., according to the Apostles' Creed. Um, I love that etc. is in... <laughs> I was going to say, I thought you were making that up at first. I had to look down at the text. <laughs> um, and obviously, everyone reading and listening to and writing this confession at the time would have been quite familiar with the Apostles' Creed, and we've gone over it. So um, I think it's... It's fair to say, It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a, f- a fair use of et cetera. <laughs> it's just kind of fun to say, like, it, In it feels more informal. Document, right, yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway... We have, this one's, you know, I mean, it's probably about as long as the one on the Father, um, but longer than last week's at least. I so, just, I know, of the Son. I know we've gone through the Son quite a bit recently. I mean, we've talked about the Nicene Creed, Chalcedonian definition, mm-hmm. um, Athanasian Creed. So it's like, it maybe feels to some people like we're just going over the same waters over and over again. Um, but there's something about this as I read it I was like wow this is actually like beautiful like I I was again I'm always blown away by the the brevity but like the concision as well the ability to communicate such profound truths in such few words yeah I mean it's it it does feel a little bit like we've been talking about as we've been going through the Augsburg Confession how much um I don't know how to put it, how much like retreading 
I guess, or re representing uh, of older information, or maybe not information, but ways of articulating who the father is, sin, who the son is now, that we see in the earlier creeds. Like they even, ex- you know, here at the end, explicitly reference back to, you know, just like in the Apostles' Creed, um, according to the Apostles' Creed, it says. So the this is con- obviously continuing. It's not like now that we get to the sun, we're going to just make up a bunch of new stuff, you know. Um, but they're going to continue to point back to the things that everybody is familiar with because these are the things that are serving as the foundation for not just the medieval church in general at this time, but more specifically, obviously, the the churches of the Augsburg Confession, of the Lutheran Reformation that are that are putting forward what they believe. They are also founding their beliefs on these ancient documents and creeds and con- the consensus that the fathers came to, you know, centuries and centuries ago. And I, you know, you, you mentioned the Nicene Creed, Chalcedon. I just like in, in this first, as it's written here, this first paragraph sections one through three, the section that you read, um, it really just sounds like the Nicene Creed and Chalcedon, you know, right. you've got, uh, you know, assuming the, the word son of God, uh, Blessed Virgin Mary, two natures, divine and human, inseparably enjoined in one person, um, true God, true man, suffered, died, buried. Like, like they're 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 taking all the language that we're familiar with when we when we spend time in the, the earlier Catholic creeds and and the definitions of faith and the the canons of all the councils that came before and knitting them together into this, like you say, very clear, concise, and beautiful presentation of the Son of God and what it is that that we as Christians and we as, you know, speaking for them, we as these Reformation uh, churches are believing. And I think it's, it's super cool having walked through those earlier documents to see the language so uh, clearly pop up again in this much later document that we're talking about now well i mean we've i think we've pointed out before like the reformation wasn't a revolution it wasn't a starting of a new christendom it wasn't the starting of a new religion it was truly a retrieval which is part of why i think we both like retrieval today too retrieval for renewal um and it it just goes to show that even for the reformers for martin luther for um you know whoever else would have been who who's have we even said who wrote this i forget who who is the author of the augsburg again i don't know why it's escaping me yeah i i don't think there's an author um it's is it like melanchthon like yeah philip melanchthon was was the big the big name associated with it but it's you know luther had a hand in it and or you know he certainly he approved of it cuz later on he approved of the um i any Lutheran listeners can correct me if I'm wrong, but like the Augsburg Confession, along with the other like formularies for the Lutheran tradition, appears in the Formula of Concord or, or Book of Concord, and mm. um, like Luther approved of that. So I, I forget; I don't know exactly how it works. But but Melanchthon, it says here in the in the introduction that that uh, assembled chiefly by Melanchthon, um, but but it was it was kind of a, a my understanding at least is more or less a at least with as far as input uh, a kind of a group effort of okay. the 
that makes theologians sense. and churchmen and and princes that were going before to make this case before the um, the emperor for you know recognition of of them as legitimate Christians. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it's just yeah. I'll, I'll say it's it's cool again to see this retrieval, this this recognition of the early church, the importance of the creeds, and you know, if anybody knows me, sort of my growing interest theologically and i know you have you know mariology you have theotakos i kind of i feel like i have um christ's descent to the dead i you know i read the book on he descended to the dead by matt emerson last year uh we talked about it quite a bit in our apostles creed episode um but it's it's such a it's such an important doctrine it's such an important piece of theology that is so neglected because it's so misunderstood um, and I'm, obviously, we're not going to rehash the entire episode that we've already done, um, speaking of the Apostles' Creed. But uh, just to highlight again, like when we talk about Christ's um, crucifixion, his death, uh, it's, it's, it's important to also talk about Holy Saturday. What happened in between him dying and him resurrecting? Uh, because there's, there's something to be said about the, the human experience of what happens at death that Christ truly did die and he didn't just, uh, you know, enter some sort of state of sleep, but he truly uh, descended to the place of the dead where all the dead uh, prior to Christ went and, you know, liberated in a way um, those who have been held in waiting for the revealing of the Messiah. I mean, that's the whole point, like, of Christ coming, like, to uh, redeem his people, to bring them back into union and fellowship with him um so again I, I like that even here we see the descent um it's not that christ went to hell or to the place where the unrighteous go uh, but he went to the place where all dead go um so yeah i think it's it's important to highlight and i like that it's that it's here yeah for sure i gotta read that book <laughs> <laughs> it is a good one. Oh man um yeah, I, I also like, I've heard, um, I, there's, so I, I think I've mentioned uh, Dr. Jordan Cooper and his podcast, Justin Sinner, before at, at different times. It's, he's, he's a Lutheran um, theologian and very uh, informative, helpful for, you know, coming from a not a Lutheran tradition. I've, I've learned a ton just listening to him about the Lutheran tradition and, and Lutheran theology and practice. And I would highly recommend um, you listen to him. And he is uh, in the process on like, not, not every week, um, but he is one of the, one of the ongoing series he, ha he has is walking through the Augsburg confession article by article. <laughs> and um, he's a bit ahead of us. He just did um, the one on baptism last week, I think, but um one of the things I remember him pointing out in his podcast was was the the logical structure of the ordering of these articles. So we started with the father, but then we didn't go to the son. We went to original sin, which feels kind of weird, maybe um, it, it to some people. I, I don't know. And then we come to the son of God after original sin, or yeah, original sin, and um, we see part of that. It starts to make sense, I think, why they talked about original sin second instead of like later on when they talk about, you know, salvation or something like that. Because we see 
all that Christ is and all that he did was done that he might reconcile the Father unto us and be a sacrifice, not only for original guilt, which we've just explained is something that binds all humans in sin, you know, like, like we talked about last week, but also for all actual sins of men. So we see the purpose of the son's mission, of the son's life as a man, as Messiah, to cover all sin, you know, all original guilt and actual sins of men. And um, it's cool to see just that emphasis, you know, on not just who Christ is, which which is in the beginning, and not just even what he did, you know, crucified, truly suffered, crucified, died, buried, but the but a reminder of the ultimate goal of that, put in very stark terms, I think, just to be a sacrifice for original guilt and for all actual sins of men, and um, and then it continues on um, with with sort of the rest of the story you know, after the sacrifice, dis- the descent, and then the resurrection. Um, and of course the ascent into, into heaven to fulfill that, that work on earth. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm again, just struck at the, the, the piecing together um, a lot of the stuff that we have already talked about in a way that is so like, like it feels like everything's coming full circle. It feels like everything's connected. It feels like we planned this out in advance, but we didn't. It's not, you know, we didn't, we literally, we didn't pick the Augsburg Confession until we had finished Chalcedon. You know, like we didn't pick Chalcedon until we had already done the Nicene Creed. Like as far as the reason it feels like these episodes are flowing so well together is because the story of Christian theology flows so well together when it's being done within the bounds of orthodoxy. And we're all pointing back to the same truths when we, when we are, you know, on you know on the on the the train tracks of of orthodoxy on this right. journey mm. um and and i think that this is a great example um i i don't know if we have many if any lutheran listeners i know there are people who listen who are anglicans people who listen who are more reformed maybe people who are kind of more generally evangelical maybe even some some non-believers who listen i have no idea but um neither of us are lutheran neither of us have ever as far as I know, even been, well, that's not true. I went to a Lutheran church once, so I can't say I've never been to one, but um, certainly didn't grow up, you know, exposed to the Lutheran tradition or anything like that. And I can come to this confession and certainly thus far, I have, I have no concerns or no right. objections. It's yeah. just, and, and not only that, but it doesn't even feel new to me. It just feels like, oh yes, like, Here's here's some you know a new document you know here's some new brothers and sisters that um, I've never interacted with before maybe or or and I hope that that as we continue on you know through the rest of the Augsburg Confession and then in the future going through other documents like from other traditions that aren't our own or your own like I hope I hope other people can kind of experience that too I yeah. guess just of like this is cool I didn't realize these you know family members that I had all this common bond with that I just didn't know you know and it's not a bad thing to not know it's just like it's just it's really exciting to kind of see those the 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 threads all coming together yeah Um, for sure you know when and because it's not artificial you know it's these threads are really just all together you know it's not us sort of forcing these things together 
Um, so it's just it's just kind of cool to see yeah. that. Yeah, and it's, I mean, in, in, a, in an age that just seems to always be dividing over something else, there's always something that separates us from someone, some other group of people, some other organization. Like it is cool to see the unity that we have. That as a reformed person, as an Anglican, as Lutherans, we we share this same foundation. I think sometimes that gets lost in the the haze of denominational disputes, the haze of theological debates, whatever it might be, that we share the same roots, the same tradition, the same foundation, um, and it's an unshakable one. And um, though we may vary greatly, as Lucas and I, I think, have displayed before in the past, and I'm sure we will display in in the future, um, that does not come at the expense of our brotherhood, of our union together with Christ um, in being partakers of the divine nature. Um, I don't know if it's like, I don't know if this is like blasphemous to say, but like there, there is neither Jew nor Greek in some sense. I feel like there's also neither Baptist nor Lutheran, um, when we're talking about what it means to be in Christ. Um, so I, yeah, I hope I didn't just like offend everybody by that or say something completely heretical, but I think you know what I mean. Like (laughs) as important as denominations can be, as important as traditions are, um, that does not define who we are. Uh, but who we are is defined by who we are in Christ. And that's, I guess that's where I want to leave it. Yeah, definitely. And that Christ is, as you know, the same Christ shall openly come again to judge the quick and the dead, etc., according to the Apostles' Creed. That is the Christ that, like, the, the same Christ that is the Word of God, came in the flesh, suffered and died, buried, descended, raised again, ascended into heaven, will come again. That is the same Christ that we all share. And I think that this article does a really, as we've said, concise and clear and um, beautiful job of just summarizing who that same Christ is. And I think that it's probably, I mean, we've only done three, but probably the most powerful reading one so far, for me at least, to just... Like, I'd love to just stick that on a wall somewhere and just have it in front of me, you know, yeah. all the time. Like, it's just such a such a well-crafted confession, piece of this confession. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's there's really not much else to add yeah. to Yeah, I it. mean, the, the only thing, uh, I, I guess the last thing I think can think of to say is for our brothers and our sisters who, who might be in despair. I mean, again, I know things are happening all the time in the news, around the world. Um, people are still sick. People are still um, struggling through, um, you know, the, the pandemic and everything related to it. Um, th- this is a means of, of hope, a means of, um, of joy, of, of great comfort, knowing that, like you said, Christ is the same, that he is coming again, that uh, one day all these things that are so distracting, so frustrating, so difficult that they will be done away with, that Christ will wipe away every tear and that as we learn next week, when, when we talk about justification, like we can find great comfort, great joy um, in the justification that we have uh, because of what Christ has done and what he's accomplished. So that's how I'll leave this episode. Yeah, for sure. Well, that concludes Article 3 of the Son of God in the Augsburg Confession. Um, we want to thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Doxology Podcast. As always, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Doxology Podcast. 
Uh, you can shoot us an email at doxologypodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, ideas for future episodes or suggestions, um, critiques, ways we can improve, things you you found interesting, things you learned. I mean, really, we would just love to connect. So feel free to reach out on any of those uh, venues or, or sites. Um, you can sign up for our newsletter to stay updated and informed with non-spammy um, updates. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to use a different word than update. And there's some exciting ones coming, just saying. Oh, interesting, interesting. Well, we'd love to hear from you, and until next time, we will see you. Later. Later.